I've had little sayings come to me, right? Uh-huh. One of those little sayings that came to me, craft over scoreboard. <laughs> right? I love that. I love that for so many reasons because we live in such a society that tries to judge everything and cram By the scoreboard. By the scoreboard and by the time frame of which you score your points. 100%. That's a great add-on, by the way, right there. And then we could get discouraged if we buy into that as the metric. Like, that's not the only metric. It's so much more layered than that. But we feel societal pressure sometimes. We, you got to be married by this age. You got to have a house by this age. Kids you got to have this this kids by this age. You got to do this by this age. We're swimming in that energy of that do it by this time right right. you're swimming in an energy that is made up if you pay too much attention to that you're gonna miss everything for yourself yo 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 welcome back guys to episode number 67 of connection is magic and holy smokes do we have an incredible guest for you lined up this week austin brown local la artist singer songwriter producer tied into music royalty he is part of the jackson family michael jackson being his uncle along with being tied into the rest of the incredible jackson family musical lineage We touch on so much in this episode. We went into how the pandemic has changed Austin. We discuss his hardest romantic breakup and the aftermath of that. Late night conversations with Prince, as well as his uncle Michael, as well as some secondhand gems from Pharrell. We also go into basically how to get going in whatever craft you're in, whatever endeavor you're undertaking. This idea of craft over scoreboard, not worrying so much about looking at the damn scoreboard and just focusing on the craft. Continue to get better and better and better, and you will surprise yourself and surprise others. Can't wait for you guys to check this one out. Let's go. Welcome, everybody, to Connection is Magic. I'm your host, Samson Shulman, a former music executive turned podcaster and coach. In a world obsessed with the highlight reel and keeping our difficulties hidden behind the curtain, We end up feeling lonely and isolated, and opportunities for human connection are missed. On this podcast, we dive deep with our guests and get them to share those dreaded, unfiltered pieces. We learn how to make lemonade out of life's lemons and realize adversity isn't sent to break us, but rather shape us into the greatest versions of ourselves. We appreciate you spending some time with us. Now let's begin our journey back home to Connection. Thanks for joining us today, Austin. Thanks for having me, man. Welcome to Connection is Magic. Happy to be here. We met uh, through our boy Jonas. Mm -hmm. Michael, shout out Jonas. But we were on the beach and I was like, oh, cool. Like we had a vibe. But then when we sat down for dinner, like a month ago or whatever, right at Crossroads, L.A., Mm -hmm. Yeah. Shout out Crossroads. Shout out all the vegan restaurants <laughs> we in LA. Keep the shout outs yeah. going for the interview. I just could tell that that we were riding like the same frequency and kind of on the same vibe. So I appreciate you coming in. Definitely, man. And let's expand the conversation because we're kind of, you know, coming out of the pandemic. Tell me about Austin pre-pandemic and Austin now. Austin pre-pandemic f- felt like um, I was always consistently didn't have enough time. Mm. I was always trying to figure out something next to do and what's going to happen next. If, you know, pre-pandemic, we were in the middle of uh, producing a couple records, my partner, uh, Brian London, and I uh, on the production end. So at that time, we were in the middle of producing. um, uh, We were just finished up a tour with Ashley and Evan. Um, We had just been producing a few new artists here and there, um, and I had wrapped up uh, working on the Macy Gray project. So that was like a lot of 2018, 19 was just going, 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 going. And, um, also doing different shows and Canyon sessions and all that. And then we had just started producing, um, uh, Raven Simone and a couple records for her next EP. And we were set to go on the road and pandemic hit and stopped everything. So it was like in the middle of producing her record, about to go on the road, releasing another band project on my end for Black Castle. And we were just in the mode of going, going, going. Pandemic happened and it just shut everything down. Was that wild frustrating for you? For sure. It was very frustrating because you put a lot of heart and soul to these songs that you make and 
you want to be able to promote them. You want to be able to play live. You want to be able to connect and show people the vision that mm-hmm. you have for your records. And mm-hmm. and also, too, we were just in, we were getting in such a good groove of momentum and pandemic hit and it shut all of that down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that taught you sometimes we need to like let go of control in life. It's like this one hundred percent. This saying I love, which is "let go or be dragged." Have you heard that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. You went through a heartbreak. Yeah. Um, you shared about, and you you got a whole project over that called Heart Over Mind. Yep. Yep. So during the pandemic, I started seeing this person who I had had a relationship previously, and she's a artist as well and we were also working on a record for her and so during that entire time you know there was a lot of you know back and forth in between because because of our previous relationship there's a lot of just distrust you mean both of you had previous relationships no the- when we dated prior to coming back oh, around yeah so we how dated, long of a gap austin uh it was about almost a year didn't speak for a year and then reconnected oh this is this is good i think so many people can relate to this oh okay. yeah so, so let's dig into this experience so you guys reconnect who reconnected with who i want to know did you reach out to her or did she reach out to you um she had been trying to reach out to me but at that time i wasn't really ready I was pretty upset still by how things ended before. And so at my birthday party, I had a jam session for my birthday around uh, 2019, right before the pandemic. We have so many mutual friends because we work in the same field and we've met friends through each other. And her and I were really good friends at one point as well, Mm -hmm. too. So um, it became so awkward because I would always be with a friend and they were like, oh, I was just with so-and-so. I was just with this. And, da, da, da. and so I was just like, you know what? Let me hit her up and just see if she wants to come. Mm-hmm. And we just bury the hatchet and be cool. And so she came to my birthday that night, jammed, sang. It was a great time. And then that's when we started reconnecting. Back in the honeymoon phase, basically. And it was like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. Right? And how long did that this is amazing feeling last, Austin? You know, I don't know if it was ever this is amazing amazing because I was always skeptical you know I was skeptical of old patterns returning and maybe I manifested that because I was Mm. so skeptical I'm getting I'm getting the feeling of it's like whatever you focus on expands. That's yeah, the vibe I'm getting. For so if sure. you came in with distrust, then you're going to magnify the distrust. For sure. Well, I wasn't willing to, you know, let my guard down. She was like, well, how long are you going to make me pay for what happened in the mm. past? And, you know, then you mix creativity with that. You mix us working together with that. And then it just becomes a recipe for, you know, just. That's too much pressure on it. Too much know? pressure on yeah. it. Too, yeah. Way too much pressure on it. Yeah. I heard so, I heard a couple of producers, legendary producers that work with Prince, Jimmy Jam, right? Yep. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy Jam was Love talking Jimmy. about you can't put pressure on the music. I'm sure we could segue into that too. If you're like, I gotta write a hit, nah. it's like the same principle holds true if you put too much pressure on the music. If you put too much pressure on anything, it becomes it doesn't become as authentic. Anything that happens in the right manner happens because of authenticity. You can't predict it. Like I have a buddy of mine, um, it's this artist Masego, and he just had this record get over a billion streams, a song that he freestyled. He had no clue that that was gonna happen. But he was authentic to what he did, having fun, and then the magic came in and it it happened. So you can't necessarily um, predict when that magic is gonna happen. So if you put pressure on it, you're probably doing the opposite because you're trying to force something that's not that hasn't even happened yet. And you gotta understand why are you putting pressure on it? What are you trying to gain from this situation? And is it really in alignment with what's really needed in the whole scope of this ether? Amen to everything you just said, bro. You and I were talking on the phone prior to the interview. We talked about we're channels. We're mm-hmm. just channels. If you're creating anything in this world, you're a channel. You're a channel and, and energy's and, real. Energy's yeah, so you're real. putting pressure on the channel and you're really constricting the channel. Yeah. And it's not going to, all the the goodness and, and the, the gems and you know what I'm saying? And the joy and all, all the good things are going to be almost cut off. 100%. Because yeah. none of this comes from us. None when you of, say that, that shit just like hits so hard, bro. It when doesn't. You say that. It doesn't. When you think you are it, you're completely 
removing God. You're removing the universe. You're removing mm -hmm. the channel that allows you to be the vessel to give what you're being given. That's the blessing is that you're able to be a channel. Mm. And once you're able to tap into that, then you can continue channeling in so many different ways. And then it also helps you not to put as much pressure on your creativity because whatever happened at that moment, whatever this art piece is, that's what you're supposed to offer to the world. Talk to us about, so when it ended for the second time, just to go back to, the, I feel like this is an experience so many people can relate to, mm -hmm. right? I'm actually fresh off a breakup myself. I, 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 you know that, you yeah, know this, right? Yeah, yeah. We and we're only it. talking three weeks at this point. So it's like real fresh off of like maybe a 10 month relationship. Man. And I thought like this was it. I could put, you know, dating, dating to bed, which, you know, people have different feelings about dating. Some people, oh, it's fun. I'm like, that's just not fun no more. <laughs> You're like, that ain't fun. Not, it's not nah, fun no more. Getting hurt is not fun. But then then you got to juxtapose that with staying in a relationship that's not like right for you. Exactly. Not enough people do that. Sometimes getting hurt can lead to your biggest happiness. So you just got to allow everything to play out the way it's going to naturally play out. And, and find the gems in it, right? 100%. Yeah. And that's kind of what this podcast is about, too. In the intro for the podcast, I'm like, adversity can literally shape you into, like, the greatest version of yourself. Mm -hmm. If you take that path with it. If you take that yeah. path with it. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Do you have friends that uh, have basically been kind of buried under their adversity? Yeah. I know plenty of people like that. Is that hard to watch? Especially is being it hard an to artist, watch you because see... People you, care, people you care about is what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah kind of they allow it to be their excuse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they try to find their creativity from it. And it's sad to watch because there's so much more out there. Mm. So if you're buried under your adversity, you're not allowing yourself to experience newness because you're consistently focusing on your adversity. Your adversity can seem so heavy to you, which in all actuality, it probably is, depending on what it is by who's ever looking at it. Mm -hmm. But this is such a vast universe, a vast world. It is, it's like the possibilities are, like they're infinite for they're what infinite. can happen for us. So when things don't work out, we just get pigeonholed into a reality that's not even real. You yeah. know what I mean? That's like, it's crazy. It's almost like being at a buffet. It's like uh -huh. this buffet of 50, 60 things and they ran out of orange chicken and now we're crying in the corner because there's no more orange chicken. Exactly. But yo, get you some Kung Pao. And by the way, I'm, I, I eat vegan too. So <laughs> get you some Kung Pao, <laughs> tofu or Cashew whatever. tofu, you know what whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's there for us, but we don't do it. And it reminds me of another thing, Austin, which I want to share with you, which is like, it's like somebody that hates their job that's at work who has just the wrong view on their job, let's say. It's like if you told them, oh, you're going on an all expenses paid trip to Hawaii for a week and then they're doing their monotonous thing at, at work, that's going to be the best day at work they've ever had. <laughs> you know what I mean? Straight up. Straight up. <laughs> so, it's all about your mindset. You, thoughts are things. Legit thoughts are things. So you have to watch what you're thinking about, what you're focusing on, what you're not focusing on. You know, you got to be very, 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 very careful. What you tune into, you turn into. What you tune into, you turn into 100% unequivocally. That's fact. If you get so wrapped into what you're going through or what you feel like you do, you don't have or you want or you do have that you don't want, mm -hmm. then you're only going to manifest more of that. If you think about the mainstream news media, I feel like the... The, the frequency is so low. It's, low. Right? it's like what's being fed to us is so low. So having the conversations, like you're saying, a lot of people know this stuff now. I would say they're still important to have these conversations and get these out there. Got to. You have to because you, you don't know your way of explaining it might click to the person mm. who didn't necessarily understand the concept before. And now they get it and now they're tuned in and now you've helped mm. change their perspective and how they go about their day when you were a kid say you know seven eight years old do you feel like you looked at it life differently than the kids around you oh yeah yeah um, let's go into that so yeah. i mean when i was a kid i grew up in um very strict religious household my mm -hmm. parents both jehovah's witnesses mm -hmm. my dad was an elder my mom regular pioneer and if anyone who's a Jehovah's Witness who's listening, they know exactly what that means. So I grew up very, very, very religious in a household that was very, very strict and very formatted in the sense of this is how your life is. This is what you do. I always had an inkling in knowing that if you felt like if I could think about something, eventually I would get it. I don't know why I had that naturally mm -hmm. as a kid, but 
when you see different things around you, you start to feel the opposite. Like my parents growing up, my dad worked his butt off. My dad owned a driving school, so he would teach everybody around the community. And my mom, who uh, was a singer, is singer still, was on and off the road at times. I saw a lot of back and forth within my family. There were good months, there were bad months, there were great months, there were really hard months, you know, mm. mentally, spiritually, and financially. Mm. And so that takes me back to the point where that started kind of changing my perspective on things because when you see your family going through a tough moment, a tough time, that gives you the aspect of life isn't fair, what's going on. That's how those moments were if I was to be completely 100 as mm. a kid. You had challenges as a kid. 100%. It, was, it, was, it was it was not rainbows and yeah, hell yeah, no. Yeah. But where I was very fortunate and lucky is that I had two parents who loved the heck out of my sisters and I. That's beautiful. I mean, and you have a lot of compassion today, am I right? Like you, you're aware. I mean, you're a vegan, so I feel like <laughs> some of that is compassion based, isn't it? For sure. You know? and, for and sure. And so for me too. Really, what turned me into a vegan was when my father got cancer in 2012, mm. and as a fa my dad all of a sudden got stage four pancreatic cancer. Damn. And so before that, he had been on all these medications. He had been on, you know, he had irregular heartbeat, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, bad diabetes. diet. Not the best diet, but wasn't horrific. Like he would get to moments where he was where where he was cool, and he wasn't crazy overweight either. He wasn't in the best shape, but wasn't crazy overweight. It's just the air that he comes from, what their education was on food and awareness, and you know, unfortunately, in a lot of these areas, they're not educating black people mm. on the proper ways of sustaining your life and what you should and shouldn't be eating. So I managed artists, and I would go on tour. And they, mm -hmm. they have what's called food deserts. Do you know about this? Where you're mm -hmm. driving through the middle of the country and you can't get a salad or some healthy shit. You know, it's just not yeah. even you, the best you could do is fast food and gas station food. Right. Exactly. And I think it's like that in a lot of really of, yeah, urban. Of course. That's why yeah. you have mostly fast food places. This yeah. is the worst food. Mm -hmm. And so when um, when my father started doing research, he didn't want to do chemotherapy because his cancer was at, at such a bad point and he knew what chemotherapy was going to do to break down his body. So mm -hmm. when he did the research, mm -hmm. he saw that, discovered that cancer could not live in an, in an alkaline body. Mm -hmm. And so you and then you got most of your alkalinity from plant based mm -hmm. from from eating a vegan diet. He he discovered that. So as a family, we all became vegan to support my father at that That's time. Beautiful. You know, um. Unfortunately, he didn't make it. Mm. But a month into his being a vegan, he got off all his medications. A month. Damn. It's just the cancer was already too far gone. Yeah. So imagine if he had started that f four or five years prior, he'd still be here with us today. Yeah. So, you know, that is a fact. Being a vegan will preserve your life. That is a fact. And the mental clarity, the spiritual clarity, everything... Mm -hmm. it's just it's only enhanced all that i want to be and more beautiful you know what hsps are right mm -mm. highly sensitive people ah word yeah, yeah, yeah. okay it's like i feel shit uh the lows are a bit lower for me and the highs are a bit higher would you say that's true for you too like mm -hmm. as a creative person oh yeah <laughs> yeah oh yeah oh yeah and if you're empathic in any way or in tune or in touch in any way the lows are gonna feel really Bro, low. Bro, they could be hard, man. Yeah, the lows really the lows are low. That's why it's important to do meditative work. Mm -hmm. You know, rather it's hiking, going to a beach, doing mm -hmm. something that's gonna get you out of that mm. out of that element and uh, uplifting your spirit. And then when the highs are high, you gotta be really cognizant not to get overwhelmed with your high. Yeah. Because that's gonna make your low become even lower. So what I've tried to work on for myself is maintaining. Mm. I just want a level of balance to where no matter Can what. Can I keep it 100 with you, Austin? But then yeah. I'm like, that, then we're taking away some of the, the, the joys of life to me. No. And I want to really talk through this with you because I'm like, man, I get that phone call. Something amazing happens, right? I'm like, I'm in it, bro. I'm like, let's go. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. But keep it in but keep it in its perspective so you can enjoy it more. Just because you're shooting up with excitement doesn't mean you can't enjoy it the same way if you level it out. You might even enjoy it longer. Excitement's great. Be hmm. excited, but keep it cool. Hmm. Keep it cool. Hmm. That's what you've learned. Yeah. You know, age wisdoms taught you all that. Keep it cool. Blessed 
to have worked with a lot of cats in the studio and that was one of the lessons that I learned from working with Pharrell mm. is the just keeping it cool. He says no matter what just keep it cool. Mm. Keep it balanced and then you'll always be able to recreate. Just keep mm. it balanced. That the idea is the lows won't hit as hard. Or you could mm. even change the perception of it being a low. How so? Because it could yeah. be a lesson. Mm. That's like that you, you either win or you learn type of vibe, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, because mm. it's a low because of something you felt was expected it's a judgment around it it's a judgment around it Mm. but if you look at it clearly and just see it for what it is rather than just react to it immediately Mm. you just try to take it and be like okay i don't want that to necessarily be this way (laughs) i mean i love that we're saying this right now but like practicing it woo it's like double double diamond you know skiing yeah practicing it's like because it's like yeah kanye has a song called on Life of Pablo called Waves. I'm sure you know, like, mm-hmm. that's just a wave. It's a wave, bro. Like, I uh-huh. just went through a breakup. That was a wave. It mm-hmm. was like, it took me. Life will give us all these waves continuously. It's like the ocean. But then you'll have that nice, beautiful swell current come in and make it all cool. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. I was watching another interview of yours, and you low-key come from music royalty <laughs> in some sense, <laughs> right? Michael Jackson being your uncle. The Jackson family being my family. I just like to correct it because, you know, not taking anything away from the brilliance of uh, MJ, but it was a family operation, and I feel yeah. like that gets hushed over so much. Very good point. Most people you know, just, MJ, right, right, and right. And they all work so incredibly hard mm. to create what, you know, I feel, you know, some of my aunts and uncles don't get credit for, which is disgusting to me. Yeah. And they all worked so stinking hard to be point. where they are. So if you're going to mention it, which I don't, anyone who knows me knows I don't really talk about it. But and it's not it because I'm ashamed. I just don't talk. And about that was going to be my, no, that was going to be my next thing. Because yeah. in the interview that I, that I heard you share about, it was tough for you when you got associated with that growing up. So I heard you share about actually moving to a new city mm-hmm. and not mentioning it yeah i didn't tell um yeah i moved to vegas when i was um my parents moved to vegas when i was uh going into high school Mm -hmm. and it was like a restart i guess per se because anytime you're somewhere new new friends knew this knew that and uh yeah it just wasn't anything that i talked about just Mm -hmm. wasn't obviously there's a reason for this though i don't want to be unauthentic to what it was yes there was a reason because i just I mean, I'm not going to wear a sign on my head. Yeah, and no, say, and you didn't want people coming yeah, with these not, judgments, yeah, basically. You just really, wanted to be seen for yeah, who you were. And yeah, people exactly. Right, right, right. That's not really my MO. And, right. um, you know, I was finding myself and going through my whole thing. And that that's when I really started getting into music for myself. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I was just in my own zone with it. We got to keep it a buck. Being associated with that family, it's like um, Michael Jordan's son plays basketball, right? It's mm-hmm. like, these are, it's just such a big shadow, right? Sean Lennon, right? Sean mm-hmm. Lennon is John Lennon's kid. Just mm-hmm. like, it, you know, that's a form of adversity in some sense because like people come in with prejudgments and pre, you oh, know, yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, so. Oh yeah. I get it. Oh yeah. No, no, no. I was, I've, that's what I've dealt with majority of my career, but you could let it affect you or you could let it make you stronger because it's nothing that your anyone did it's just <laughs> it's like you just got born into this yeah right? yeah trippy. yeah i was just a lucky sperm <laughs> <That's so> <laughs> trippy, <laughs> right? you know so i uh just uh kind of popped in and i was up in this bitch so, <laughs> <laughs> you know and uh, ended up and it's all frequency you know when i when my mom was pregnant with me yeah. she was she had a hit record at the time and oh, so damn. she's playing and she's singing around the world and she's pregnant with me so <laughs> of course i picked up on that and i came into the world with that energy so it's natural that i would have a love for what i do for a living yeah because i feel like we get programmed in the womb actually my father was a child prodigy played with the detroit symphony orchestra on piano at the age of eight so he so i got this Sick. musical diet so yeah. it's no wonder i was an a r for a little while mm-hmm. and i just had that feel for music yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. so yeah i just didn't really i didn't tell anybody and uh just did my thing hmm. kids found some kids found out but and then shit just got weird right yeah, yeah definitely yeah. It, when people mm-hmm. found out they would react to me differently which it was frustrating for a few reasons is because you're reacting to me over something that i didn't even do i mean that was perfectly said yeah so let's get that into perspective and 
thankful to my mom and my father that always made sure that they they gave my sisters and I really, really a good perspective on all of this. Hmm. And the fact that, you know, your family, this is their job. Hmm. You know, the difference between them and other people is that people just watch them do their job. Perfectly said. That's how they make their living. Perfectly said, man. You know, so. Yeah. It's what it is. That's it. And as a kid, though, especially, I feel like just being growing up as a kid can be <laughs> awkward and uncomfortable at times, right? Yeah. And it's all, in its own way. Yeah. And so when you put that on top of it, Austin, I just, that's got to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, definitely. It was strange in a lot of ways at times because. I grew up when I first, uh, I grew up in an area that was predominantly Jewish. And so I was around a lot of different Jewish kids and Persian kids growing up in school and white kids. There are only like two other black kids in my school. And I saw the difference between how they treated me before Mm-hmm. And then how they treated me when they found out who my family was. All of a sudden, I'm getting invited over everyone's wow. houses. And their parents are asking me personal questions about this and that. And you see very, very young what this is. And if you're young enough, you can actually capitalize on it yourself. You know, you would play in. I would Did you play, think about playing into it? But I, 100% you, I would. Okay, I would mess with okay. people as they were trying to mess with me because they didn't think that I was actually catching on to it. Okay. So yeah. I'm like, if this is why you're going to, you know, react to me, I'm just going to let you do it and get my get what I want out of it. Wow. It was very, very messed up because it's not teaching you a very balanced way of open <laughs> communication from the jump. Yeah. You know, it's it's <laughs> all predicated on what someone wants and what they want from you. And then now it's now back and forth. <laughs> yeah, bro. It's very surface manipulative. It's, it's like, it's, it's not our higher consciousness no. at all, which, you no. know, and I was seeing that at seven, eight years old. So I didn't grow up in a famous family, but like, I have a funny story that actually is very similar. You know, Jack White, right? Musical, mm. musical genius. Genius. Musical genius. Shout out Jack White. Shout out Detroit. I was at a show he was doing at the Greek theater here, beautiful theater. And I was on a date, right? Mm-hmm. And the date, like, it was, like, a bad date, just not a vibe. And then when the girl found out that I was, like, going backstage, because I knew the manager or whatever, and I was going to go just go backstage. And I didn't let that be known until, like, later. Changed her tune? She started massaging my shoulders. She started, like, right, it was a whole, she was she was ice cold before it. And then just, like, all of a sudden, like, this. Thank God we took two cars because, like, I went backstage and just like ignored eight text messages from her afterwards because I wasn't going to play that game because mm-hmm. it felt so offensive to me. Like yeah. you don't fuck with me. Like you, nah, you fuck, fuck with what I'm about to do. Yeah. You You've only, you felt this all the time. Like all, that was a one time thing for me. Oh, that was my you know? entire, that was my entire life growing up. Damn. You know, that was with, with people for for sure. You know, Hmm. that's why you have to differentiate who's around you for what reason they're around you. Hmm. And that's very, very hard as you're coming up and as you're learning. And so what you end up doing is that you end up kind of going inward. And thankfully, I had a lot of cousins, you know, growing up and uh, we would just be amongst ourselves. It was almost like a support group. It felt like what to do with these feelings. right? Yeah, 100. And that's where playing music became therapeutic. Trust me. There are many instances where it could be a lot worse, but from my experience in my existing and growing up, that's what I saw mm-hmm. and uh, just was what it is what it is. Yeah. So that's the, that's the harder side of it. Now, like I want to talk about maybe the, the blessing in it, right? Because now, you know, being around the Jacksons and all that, as far as musical gems and ideas mm-hmm. and maybe a way that they viewed the world that also got downloaded onto you as well. Like, can you tell us something that you observed? Well, the first time I went on stage was with my mom. She was performing in Japan Mm -hmm. and I must've been like three years old Mm -hmm. and she threw me on and did the whole thing. And I was, uh, were you like four or five? Like how old you were three? Okay, cool. I was three. And I just remember feeling the energy of the crowd and the stage. And it was just immediately, it was amazing just to see how much of an energy and, that is back and forth. It's very, very, it's very surreal. And that's what first got me hooked. And so I got to watch people be dedicated at their craft at two, at different levels. You know, um, my, uh, my aunt Janet, 
she was one who she's 20 years older than me mm-hmm. 20 something years older than me i think it is um, i don't even know the age I, yeah joe's witness so <laughs> <laughs> but uh she uh, her and i were very very her, her and i are closer because almost she, like a mentor to you would you say Janet? yeah yeah for sure mm-hmm. and very close growing up because she lived like not too far from us and so mm-hmm. you know she would pick me up and i'd go on drives with her and mm-hmm. she would always break down what she was doing and she was also an artist especially during that time who was very much so into the visual aspect of her creativity so i got to learn a lot about how it would go from song into what she wanted to portray visually the Mm. message that she wanted people to to feel to think and she was very 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 dedicated Mm. and i think that was just a family trait that was what my grandfather instilled in all of them at a young age being from gary indiana is the work ethic and the practice and with 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 michael with mj he showed me how there's no idea that's unattainable he was always the bigger picture he one time told me he said you could you could kill someone in china with your brain he says that's why you have to watch what you put out there because your brain is so incredibly powerful so be very very careful with your thoughts be very very careful with what you put out there and you know we were we were sitting one night we used to have talks till like five in the morning we'd stay up at his ranch and we would just talk all night just about those types of lessons and visualization and and creating something that that goes far beyond you he was very 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 keyed in and obsessed with that little too much at times i know that was uh you asked me a question i tried to answer it authentically (laughs) in that way so that was a home run austin yeah (laughs) that's a a gem as you're talking about you know these late night talks with michael man um and they would happen often, like you said, mm-hmm. right? Very often. I'm almost getting, because I just watched Kanye and Drink Champs, and I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting that vibe. Like, is there a similarity? Because, you know, you've seen Kanye do his thing. You've seen, like, they're obviously creative geniuses, I feel like, both these guys. And, and do you feel like there's some similarity? I don't think they're similar, really. Michael mm. didn't have to tell people he was a genius. Mm. It was just known. I was blessed to be around Prince a lot. Mm. And... um Kanye reminds me more of Prince where um, and Prince was also incredibly, you know, humble at the stage when when I was around him, but just all over the place. Just Gemini's are just all over the place with their creativity, just everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Two different dynamics. Um, The difference between Michael and Kanye, I would say, is that Michael wasn't as based around talking about his money, his things, and all that stuff. He was so busy trying to give it all away <laughs> when he got it that, that that he understood more of the circle of it. And I'm not saying that's not what Kanye's doing. I'm just going by what he chooses to talk about and amplify. What he broadcasts. What he broadcasts. I feel like, yeah. They're very, yeah, very, 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 very different individuals. I mean public perception might be close to it but even that is like very different michael was another level you can't put them in the same category because you know michael started when he was five years old right you know so he never had necessarily time to develop in the ways that that's true that's true he didn't have a life outside of the spotlight no but kanye did outside of and it's not even just a light outside of the spotlight Uh, he as he was developing his ideas he was in in front of the camera at the same time Mm. so as he's developing his creativity his genius his work ethic it's all being you're you're watching it flower into what it became well said so the moment that clicked for you as a musician on your own path was was like was literally like three years old that moment when you when your mom brought you on stage like that's when you're like i want to do this like it, it happened that early that's yeah super yeah. dope yeah that's when it started clicking for me and that's when you know i started uh, i learned how to produce when i was 11 um, through my brother-in-law rex salas who is a musical director and he taught me the npc 3000 that's when i started getting the production game together and mm-hmm. that's when the journey started for me in this scale of making music this show is about you know alchemizing adversity at the end of the day right Mm -hmm. so what's one adversity what's one of your biggest adversities do you feel like that you alchemized into something positive like for me it was like my music career 
kind of ending and morphing into something else like that was like hugely painful because I kind of invested everything I had into it for 12 years I guess in ways it would be kind of similar from 2010 to 2013 14 Mm -hmm. I was heavily in my solo career phase of you know I put out my mixtape highway 85 um that's when I immediately started going on the road and things were really really turning around for the positive and uh, records started getting played on the radio things started moving very positively and then during that time as um i was on the road and things were really shaping out that's when my father got sick Mm. and so i wasn't able to maintain that same pace that I had that entire time of just pushing forward because I tried to work through it and then it stopped me and then I started grieving. And so that would probably be the hardest time is that as I, as my momentum was building. It's something you worked your whole life basically to get Mm -hmm. to, you're saying, right? And then- To get to, you're playing award shows, Uh playing festivals. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm opening up for my favorite artists. I opened up for like Slash and Billy Idol and Camp Freddy. And like things were just- all just kind of happening simultaneously and then when my my father got sick my heart really broke mm. you know really broke in half and uh, I wasn't able to channel the same way because I was hurt did you have to bring it to a full halt yeah, I assume, right? I moved, yeah I moved uh-huh. to New York I was having issues at the time with my record company and uh, the same old music industry story that's been told on here a lot, yeah, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was having it, you know, oh God, I could tell you some good ones. But um, uh, spiritually, I was just, I, I just was broken. I was broken. And so, you know, couldn't really, didn't really work for a few months. And shoot, lost all my money because uh, I couldn't necessarily jump to the next point i was in the middle of doing another deal the fight with my label happened so then i lost money on that and then i had to move back to la from new york were you single or romantically involved at this point by the way i was romantically involved with uh, my girlfriend at the time we were together for five and a half years and um our relationship didn't necessarily make it past when my father got sick so i Lost my label, well, lost my father, my girlfriend and I broke up, and then- Your momentum that you worked your whole life for went away at the same time. My momentum that I worked up my whole life, and then my label. Everything (sighs) fell apart at the same time. Oh, can we just have a moment of silence for like that level of pain, bro? That is next level pain. I I know that pain. It all happened at the same exact time. It was- brutal i was heavily drinking Mm. heavily smoking at that time you know i've never done like hard drugs ever in my life i've never but you were you were smoking weed every day oh my god all day every day all day i feel like that would get depressing it was was smoking weed i was drinking and i was um eating like a mug so I had gained like 40, 50 pounds. Wow. You know, that Damn. was, I was definitely. You were basically just screaming, get me out of these feelings, basically, yeah, right? Yeah. I, I can't feel, this is too much to feel. Yeah, right? and, I, and I was sleeping all day. And mm. uh, and at the time, I was staying with family friends in New York. And they were there for me. They definitely helped me during the most dark time in my life. Wow. Because I was crippled. I was spiritually more so I was spiritually crippled. What was your biggest saving grace in this moment? I was making music a lot at that time and um, around that time I made this song with uh, my buddy Tommy and Ed. Uh, this record that I, I had this guitar, um, these guitar chords in my head for a while and uh, I made this song of mine called Smile. Mm. And that ironic title, like in yeah, your darkest time, you made a song called time, Smile. Yeah, I made a song called Smile, and that song definitely helped me out tremendously, and definitely was a game changer for me in my career because it allowed me to kind of see another light through everything. Because uh, I had friends that heard it, and KCRW started playing it, so it uh, it allowed me to start healing again and knowing that there was still a place for me within. The realm of what I love so much because you work so hard for something and when you don't see it manifest it hurts it does it hurts it really hurts 
deeply. Really, the gist of it is that it hurts you inside because it's what you love so much. It's what you feel like you're here for, right? It's what yeah, you are it's, here for. How do you yeah. It is what you're here for. It's, it's what it's what we're here for. I feel like if you're mm -hmm. If you're, yeah, whatever you're here to do, you could be a school teacher, by the way. You don't have to be in the creative realm. Yeah, and still, it's like, you could be a you firefighter. Your, you could be. You, you lose be, your job as a firefighter. Yeah. You lose your job as a school teacher. It's be, still going to hit. As a like, youth man, counselor, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. as a social worker. It doesn't matter yeah. what it is that you do. Yeah. You lose your. You use you, you lose the outlet of what helps you manifest more in your life. It's gonna hurt for sure. And so for mm. me, I just lost so much at one time mm. that it broke me. I made mistakes that I shouldn't have made, but at the same time, I didn't know any better. Okay, so what's one thing you would have done differently, Austin? Um, listen to my father more. For what specifically do you feel like he gave you that you didn't listen to, though? He wanted me to get my, my life in order a lot earlier, mm. like he did. So he wanted me, he says, you should get married. You should try to do this. You should try to structure yourself up a little bit more for what's right for you. I don't know if he was 100% right, but I wish I had taken some of that advice because he he was seeing so much that I was doing at the time and he was so proud of me. And he saw how if I structured it up a little bit more, I would be able to sustain it for the long run. You know, I want to be clear here. Are you saying you missed the boat and it's too late? Or are you saying that you're trying to rectify that right now? No, it's not. It's not about missing the boat. It's about forming your life in a way that helps you along the road to continue staying on that track i got it it's That's like creating a foundation it. or something it's the for foundational yourself part that you can then operate and do your thing from right exactly yeah. sink your roots in beautiful so you can continue growing and planting seeds that's beautiful that's really the gist of it i feel like as a creative person though i feel like it's easy to get pulled here and there and there yeah. am I right and then and then you miss the foundation and it becomes not as sustainable as it could yeah it becomes not as sustainable and yeah. and uh you get all over the place and so you got to get reeled back in damn that's really good it's good to have anchors right yeah you, you need an anchor yeah you need you need an anchor mm. you need a humility and you can only have that if you have true humility and at that time i didn't have the type of humility that i should have probably had i wasn't arrogant but i mm. wasn't as humble as i would have liked to have been mm. and Not getting broken down like that and getting gave broken. you that exactly exactly Humility is everything. And it's not because I felt like I was better or anything like that. But when you start achieving your goals, you get excited and happy. And now you're like, anything I do, I will do and this and that. And you've got to have that. But at the same time, there's levels to this shit. Mm. So you really, 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 really got to be in tune and pay attention to what you're putting out there and what's going on and where you're truly coming from. Mm, beautiful. What advice would you give to your 18-year-old self? The advice I would give to my 18-year-old self would be know your worth. It's <laughs> awesome. Know your worth. How many problems would that save people from, right? If they yeah. knew their worth, you know? I also want to ask you about what just went down with um, Astro World Festival and the tragedy that happened there. Eight people getting killed at the Travis Scott show. What are your thoughts on that whole situation? Ooh, well, first off, um, I just want to send condolences to the families who lost their loved ones. I think it was eight people that passed away. It's so sad. So, 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 so sad to everyone involved. When you go to a performance, you're there because you want to release something that you have and you want to let it out and you want to be happy and you want to be excited and you want to let out that 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 feeling and it's the responsibility to me of the concert of the promoters but more than anything the artist to make sure that you are watching out for the people who are there throwing energy at you and that you're giving out so you got to be very 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 careful with the energy that you're playing with and how you're channeling it and how you're putting it out there and so I just feel that that wasn't done correctly by any means and there's no reason why that many people should have gotten hurt should have gotten injured and that should have passed away 
historically that's been a thing at the at the shows hasn't it austin like the travis shows have had other things like this i feel like not to this level right but yeah. you were talking about there's a, a darker energy to it uh before we started recording remember that yeah Can you touch on that too yeah you know um the the those low frequencies those are your lower chakras so they rumble and they there's an energy within that you know all energy is the same and it could be used for good it could be used for bad i'm not saying that he's got he's using his energy for evil no i'm not doing that i'm just saying you're aware of what's going on and what you're doing and if you're not cognizant of your power that you have this is what happens i've been to concerts where they had double that amount of people hmm. mm -hmm. multiple times mm-hmm not to use it as an example, but I've been to plenty of Michael shows where there were 75, 80,000 people, 90,000 people. Nothing but love. Nothing but love. Nothing but joy. Nothing but happiness. No one was fearing anything. Yeah, they were passing out. And you know what? They were all taken care of after. He would, even after his shows, he would go and see people. Hmm. So the energy that you channel is real is real so just be careful 100 percent. is this going to change the way you know you feel about his music do you think it changes the way i feel about him mm. definitely changes the yeah. way i feel about him i'm not going to say nothing about the music because there's a lot of people that go that that went in to create that music so uh, I do want to touch on, you've worked quite a bit with Pharrell as well, right? And, um, and there's a man that's got a lot of life wisdom. I've like watched so many hours of Pharrell interviews. What is like secondhand gem that you've gotten from Pharrell that you take with you? And how has he shaped your musical career? Well, Pharrell, first and foremost, he's my favorite um, out of the guys like Timberland. And I mean, I grew up on Dre, Timberland, Swiss Beats, uh, Pharrell. Teddy Riley, all all those cats, but Pharrell's my favorite. The Neptunes were my favorite. They really showed to me the way to simplify your music and still make it melodic. And um, I got to Pharrell because I was at the time I was uh, working with Q-Tip. Q-Tip was really really rocking with what you know I was doing at the time, and I'd wanted to get in with Pharrell, but I guess Pharrell had heard the usual oh michael jackson's nephew's trying to make music and so you know he wasn't really into it <laughs> yeah. and q-tip called him on the spot and was like yo you need to get in the studio with austin dude got harmonies like you need to do it and so you know shout out to q-tip who's been a big bro to me i love the dude and g ultimate genius tribe called quest greatest of all time you know love you no doubt <laughs> so sh sh shout out to tip and so i was going to miami to work with pharrell after that and that was probably the biggest game changer for me mm. because working with pharrell um he got me out of my comfort zone of what i would usually fall on you know i before i made a lot of music was reminiscent of what i grew up around and so it was heavily influenced by things that have already been done you know my family this and that and he literally broke it down for me. He was like, so what are you doing for you? And I was like, I'm doing music. He's like, yeah, but what's your sound? Who are you? What are you like? You got, to, he's, you got the gift, but you got to do it for you. You don't have to be a certain way because you are from where you came from. Do what you love and do it with full integrity. And that really hit me especially at that time because it broke all the barriers and made me break down why I was actually doing this like why are you doing this are you doing this because you feel like you can you have to are you doing this because you know you gotta make a career for yourself survive make some money do this like why are you doing this actually breaking it down as to the why what are you trying to put out in the world what do you want people to feel when they hear you music became more meaningful it became more meaningful. It wasn't just my own selfish expression. It was an expression of being thankful that I am a vessel that, a channel. Can, that can create yeah. multiple formats of expression. And, so, and that, that's a much richer place to operate from, isn't it? Changed everything yeah. because it allowed my music right after that was when I was when we started making my Highway 85 mixtape. And then just things just were clicking. Things were just clicking. And is that when you got your momentum, by the way? Yeah. I'm glad we touched on this to bring yeah. it full circle. Yeah, that's okay. when the momentum really, really started because the walls broke down.
Damn. Was it scarier to operate from that place, Austin? Because now it's like you're really operating from this place with no armor up. You know what I mean? Let me finish my point on that. I Mm -hmm. feel like if you're operating not from an egoic, selfish place, then if, if somebody says they don't fuck with it, well there's a little bit of a barrier up there but if you're coming from your soul like here and somebody says they don't fuck with it woo! oh yeah that shit hits different (laughs) so that's what i'm talking about that's real that's real but it's also knowing that there's seven billion people in this world yeah so one of my favorite open lines is you could be the like the juiciest peach and the thing and there's still people that don't like peaches yeah (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, exactly. Someone's so, going, someone's going to like something somewhere. I'm sure there's somebody who doesn't like the album Purple Rain. I don't know how that can be. Yeah. But I'm sure there's agreed. someone who doesn't get it. I'm like, but hey, different strokes for different folks. Mm-hmm. So soon as I let that go, yeah, I speak right? to the people who I speak to. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. And who choose to speak back to me. There's a book called A Thousand True Fans about how you can literally have an entire sustaining career with just a thousand true fans. And when mm-hmm. you think about the numbers, bro, yeah, there's seven billion people plus or whatever, like a th- all you need is a thousand. Uh-huh. It's infinitesimal. Yeah. You know? And if you get two thousand, amazing. But it's like at the end of the day, you you could really touch people i mean bro there's things that there's artists that touch me that don't have huge followings mm-hmm. you know what i mean and, oh yeah and, and that's that's important still it's not about your following as much as it's about your message because at the end of the day your following is going to go through waves hmm. as long as you stay true to your message Lose uh-huh. old, get new mm-hmm. ramp up slow down mm-hmm. dude dude Dude, dude, that's life, ain't it? My friend Julie Pilot, shout shout out to Julie. She has this saying that I love so much. Everybody has their own definition of success. I like that. There are different definitions of success. It just depends which one is going to be yours. Yeah. And you never can count somebody out. Never. 100%. Never. All it takes is like one, one break. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. One yeah. project, one song, one this, one that can change, can shift the landscape. Oh. Jay Z, one of the nicest Jay Z bars recently I heard was he like, You only gotta be right once. You only gotta be right one time. You just stay on the course. I mean, there are tons of people who have counted me out, still count me out. I'm mm-hmm. sure you've dealt with the mm-hmm. same thing. I love it. Do you use it as fuel? Oh my gosh. You do. I use everything as fuel. That's all you can do is just you just keep going. You never know. You ne- you don't know what's going to be around the corner. You know how how I look at it, man, is this. Everything that I create, that is my biography. And so when I'm not here anymore, if you want to know who Austin Brown was, go and you listen to his work. And that will tell you who Austin Brown was. So whatever stage of life you discover me, if you choose to discover me, you'll get to know me very, very well because I put all my honesty within my creations, rather it be for myself personally or rather be through channels of being blessed to work with other people. And I will continue doing that till the day I'm not here. As I've been on my path of creating, I've had little sayings come to me, right? Uh-huh. One of those little sayings that came to me, craft over scoreboard. <laughs> right. I love that. I love that for so many reasons because we live in such a society that tries to judge everything and cram by the scoreboard by the scoreboard and by the time frame of which you score your points. Hundred percent. That's a great add-on, by the way, right there. And then we could get discouraged if we buy into that as the metric. Like that's not the only metric. It's so much more layered than that. But we feel societal pressure sometimes. We you got to be married by this age. You got to have a house by this age. Kids. You gotta have these kids by this age you gotta do this by this age we're swimming in that energy of that do it by this time right right. you're swimming in an energy that is made up if you pay too much attention to that you're gonna miss everything for yourself amen and that's why i love guys like kanye i'm gonna say i love when i talk about when i hear kanye speak he talks about viewing life from a different vantage point than that energy. And I fucking love it. Yeah. We need more of that. Yeah, he talks about breaking the boundaries on what your thought process is and what you feel like you're supposed to do because everything's formatted for yeah. to keep us Stepping in Stepping out of the matrix, yeah, Austin. Yeah, you got to step out of it. You said you spent time around Prince, right? Mm-hmm. Any secondhand gem there? Because, I mean, he's a legendary thinker. Shoot, what I got from him is why I ended up 
doing acoustic shows and putting out a piano album. I was playing his piano after one of his shows, being young and and just, I don't know why you would ever do that. That's bold, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but he came over to me with Larry Graham. He's like, oh, you play. And I looked up at him. And I'm like, yeah, nowhere near you. He's like, oh, it doesn't matter. He says, keep playing. Because by the time you're my age, and I think at that time he was in his mid-40s, mm-hmm. um, he was like, by the time you're my age, you'll be able to play whatever you want. That stuck with me. I mean, I got that same similar gem from Quincy Jones. Mm. He was the one that really broke down music for me to where I started understanding it on a deeper level. He told me to get the Miles Davis, Quincy Jones autobiography with Quincy Troop, which literally is the the Bible of the early foundation of jazz because Miles mm. breaks everything down to how he got started to how he made it, the musicians he was working with from Dizzy Gillespie, uh, uh, John Coltrane, John Coltrane, Max Mm -hmm. Roach, I mean, Sonny Rollins, Dexter Gordon, all of them, they're all in there. But it was doing that research, and then I started going back and listening, and I started hearing the influences. I'm like, oh, shoot, Q-Tip sampled this Mm -hmm. guy. He sampled Coltrane on here, but that's really this person playing the Oh, wow. And it started like connecting all these musical dots for me. And then that's when the opening of music started happening. That's when it clicked. I started understanding it differently. I started hearing and putting the pieces together. You learned the language, right? Yeah, I learned the language and the importance of the language. And I started started learning the language. I haven't Mm. learned it yet. Mm. That's a lifelong journey. Yes, it's a much richer experience. The way you just said that, it's perfect, man. Because otherwise it could get a little monotonous. Oh, I crossed this line and I'm, okay, now it's boring. To know that it can just keep evolving. And by the way, that's us in life. Music mimics life. We think we've come all this way and we're this version of ourselves mm-hmm. now what's so trippy is in five years you and i are going to be, be like different four different versions of what we are now, we are and, now. And, and it isn't it easy to forget that austin so easy to forget i haven't even scratched the surface of hmm. what i could dive into and that goes for anyone who has a craft rather it be a sport rather it be you're a lawyer you're a teacher yeah. you're a professor whatever yeah. it is your sense of your purpose there's so much more to learn within that. Musically, I'm in the best zone of my life with what I'm creating. And thankfully amongst my peers and my friends, you know, I've gained a respect. But that's because of my time equity. Putting the time into it gives you the confidence. 10,000 hours, right? Yeah, yeah, which I feel like I yeah. have 100. You put your time into it accordingly, you're going to have all the confidence because you know what it is that you, you get, do. Yeah, you just get better at your craft. You That's just get all better at is. your craft. Yeah. You just become yeah. a better shooter. The overnight success shit is the funniest misnomer that we have, man. Everybody says that. You've, mm-hmm. it's, cause it's always like it's like 10 years or 15 or 20 years or more for overnight some overnight successes. Uh-huh. You, you, know? you, never, <laughs> you can never look at yourself through another person's mirror. So you can't compare yourself to anybody because your journey is your journey. And everyone has a different perception of what it is to be successful. I remember when I first heard a song of mine on the radio, randomly, I heard uh, my song Minaj on Kiss FM and I was just like, oh my God, yeah, I did it. That's just a, that's, that's a, that is a moment. Yeah. Or the or the first time I performed on an award show when I did the BET Awards years ago. And you, you're like, I did it. But that's a moment. All of these are moments. And everybody's working so hard, I feel like, for to arrive. Really, there's no such thing. There's day. no arrival. There's no arrival. It's, consi- <laughs> it's, 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 it's consistency. We're not, I don't think, the, that's not the messaging we've gotten, though. The messaging is, is yeah. you've made it. That that yeah. literally is a saying in the culture, you've made it. Yeah. But there is no you've made it. You made it when you were born. I'm now, having a moment right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having a moment, Austin. Yeah, I can tell, yeah, I can yeah, tell. Yeah. Tommy Lasorda, mm. who uh, was the manager for the Dodgers and a prominent figure in L.A., he, I had to act. I was lucky enough to have a conversation, a few conversations with him. And he was like, you know what, Austin? He says, people don't understand. You got to work. And when you get it, you got to work even harder to keep it. You got to just keep working. So the whole perception of you made it, you're going to have to keep working to keep it. As much as you can make it, Drake is is that dude, but... I'm like, this guy's probably got like 
two like $20 million houses. He's got this. It's not like he could just stop. Like his overhead on his staff and his mortgages are like, I can't even imagine. So it's not like he's just, oh, I'm chilling. I'm good now. Like, no, bro. How's that shit going to keep getting paid? Like he's got to keep putting material out and keep doing his thing in oh, order to do all that. 100%. If you're unlocking new channels mm-hmm. and you're unlocking new phases of your of what it is that you do, your creativities, your your passions. That's really the success. New channels, new things, some things that you never experienced. One of the greatest things in life, man, let me tell you this, not stumbling on a situation that would have tripped you up, you know, two years ago. Oh my gosh. It isn't, isn't that gold? Oh yeah. Gold. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's real because it shows that you've evolved. Mm-hmm. It shows that you've evolved into where you're going next. Amen. Just the other day, I literally was driving by a homeless lady and something made me turn back around. I pulled my car around. I had a little money in the middle console and I gave her like, it was like five bucks. And she just started bawling, dude. I'm like, I'm going to get emotional talking about this shit. Wow. But that, it, it has so much more lasting that I, that I in any way, like did my small little part of like bringing somebody joy in their deepest, darkest moment. Because this, this one was just hunched over on the side of the road. And that, to me, has so much more lasting value than some than an egoic fulfillment. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's egoic fulfillment, and then there's, like, soul fulfillment. That's what God will remember more than anything. Mm. The soul fulfillment The soul side fulfillment of, it, yeah. of your empathy and love yeah. towards his children and other creations within this realm on every aspect and dynamic. So... That was real, man. That's what it's about. Done deal. Thank you again, Austin. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next episode. Thank you so much again for tuning in to today's episode. It really means the world to me. If you heard anything relatable that created new awareness for you, please visit our podcast on iTunes and leave a rating or review. This helps build our audience. Please comment, like, and share this episode out with your family, friends, coworkers, or anyone who you feel would benefit from the messages shared in today's episode. I'm really, really grateful for your help in spreading these messages of hope and wisdom. The world is in such great need right now, and your support helps carry the message onward to others who need it. Also, please consider becoming a monthly financial contributor to the podcast. You can do so by visiting connectionismagic.com and clicking on the Patreon link. Patreon is a third-party platform which helps support creators in exchange for exclusive content and offers. You'll be able to get discounted merchandise like comfy hoodies, t-shirts, as well as retreat discounts where we'll have special guest speakers and group activities to connect you with like-minded community members. Again, thank you so much for tuning in, and until next time, please stay connected.